Hello and welcome to this week's podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this episode for the Business Week ending 12th February 2021. This is Ian Haydock. The major events we'll be looking at this time, as reported by Scripps Global Team, include an analysis of Big Pharma's US approvals last year, a more convenient antibody regimen for COVID-19, reconfiguring of oncology R&D at one major US firm, one Swiss Majors pipeline, and the latest in the Script Asks series. Big Pharma companies sponsored about one in three of the US FDA's 58 novel approvals in 2020, marking the fifth year in a row that the largest firms claimed around one third of new molecular entities and novel biologics. The Big Pharma share has stayed stable, despite approval counts ranging from record-breaking highs 2020 is second only to the contemporary FDA approvals peak in 2018 to the outlier low of 2016. In her infographic article, Bridget Silverman notes the class of 2020 had no standout sponsor, a shift from 2019 when Novartis notched six novel approvals or 2018 when Pfizer clocked in at four approvals. Gilead Sciences and Roche ended last year attached to three novel agents apiece, thanks to an unusual spate of deal-making for drugs already under review. No companies submitted more than two novel applications approved during the year, leaving more than 50 separate companies standing behind the 2020 approvals. The story also includes a complete listing of the novel agents cleared in 2020. Gilead has benefited from acquisitions as it has emerged from the ranks of mid-sized specialty firms to join the cohort of top firms. The company's 2020 approvals consist of the CAR-T therapy Takatis, which was developed by Kite, a company that Gilead acquired in 2017, and the internally developed COVID-19 therapy Vicluri. Gilead also gained the anti-cancer antibody drug conjugate Tradelvi by acquiring Immunomedics. Lilly obtained emergency use authorization in the US on 9th February for its combination of neutralizing antibodies for COVID-19 infected patients with a reduced infusion time that may make the therapy more suitable for clinician use. The company said it has 100,000 doses available now of Bamlanivimab 700mg and Etasevimab 1400mg with the plans to manufacture up to 250,000 doses this quarter with Pan Amgen and 1 million doses by mid-2021. Bam Laninivimab, which Lilly developed in partnership with Absolera Biologics, obtained FDA EUA approval in November to treat mild to moderate cases of the virus. Joe Haas writes that the EUA for the combination allows for dosing the two antibodies together in a single intravenous infusion to recently diagnosed patients with SARS-CoV-2 infections who are 12 or older, weigh at least 40 kilograms, which is about 88 pounds, and are at high risk for progressing to severe COVID-19 illness. Each antibody in the combination product binds to a different receptor on the COVID-19 spike protein. The regimen is not approved for patients who are hospitalised or who require supplemental oxygen therapy, and Lilly expects that administration instructions included in the combination regimen's labelling, enabling a 21-minute infusion for the combo, will encourage usage. Lilly said these shorter infusion durations should reduce the healthcare system's burden and were sought on the basis of feedback from frontline nurses and doctors. In addition, the 9th February authorization allows for bamlanivimab monotherapy to be infused in as little as 16 minutes versus the previous 60 minutes. 
staying with Lilly, the reconfiguration of the company's oncology R&D under the umbrella of Loxo Oncology has worked out even better than expected. Lilly Oncology President Anne White told Scripps' Mandy Jackson in an interview. The R&D team, working at what has now been rebranded Loxo Oncology at Lilly, has delivered a new product, Retevmo, which is selvacatinib, to the parent company's commercial portfolio and generated positive results for the BTK inhibitor LOXO305. It's actually exceeding my expectations already, and it's still early days really, just kind of a year into this experience, White said. The speed and the sense of urgency that they brought to our organisation has been phenomenal. Lily Oncology takes over from the LOXO team as drug candidates move closer to commercialisation, starting with Retevmo which the US FDA approved in May for certain cancers driven by rearranged during transfusion, or RET, alterations. White said the Retevmo launch remains focused on making sure oncologists are screening their patients for RET alterations so that they can be treated with Lilly's drug if it's appropriate. She noted that the shift to talking with physicians about drugs in virtual meetings rather than in-person visits largely has been effective in selling oncology products. However, some patients are still staying home rather than going to the doctor for routine visits and cancer screenings. So White said she does worry about the long-term impact for patients. Cancer screening is particularly important for Lilly's oncology portfolio because of the company's decision to focus on oncology medicines against targets that drive cancer cell growth. Of the record number of 19 compounds Roche has in phase 3 trials or filed for approval, the two that are targeting Alzheimer's and Huntington's disease, gantanerumab and tominosin respectively, were in the spotlight as the Swiss giant reported results on 4th February for the full year and its fourth quarter. Roche has been working on gantanerumab, which is an anti-amyloid antibody, for over a decade, and unsurprisingly in the challenging field of Alzheimer's there have been setbacks. After phase 3 trials did not show sufficient efficacy to support gantanerumab's approval back in 2014, Roche converted those prior studies into open-label extension studies testing the antibody at a higher dose. Kevin Grogan writes that those in turn informed the design of the ongoing phase 3 Graduate 1 and Graduate 2 trials, which are now expected to deliver results in 2022. Gantanerumab could also have an important advantage over other anti-amyloid antibodies, such as Biogen's controversial candidate aducanumab, as it's administered with a subcutaneous injection that could be given to patients at home, rather than an intravenous infusion given in an office setting. Commenting on the space in general, Roche's pharma chief Bill Anderson told reporters, The sentiment in the broader scientific community regarding the potential for treatments of Alzheimer's has waxed and waned quite a bit over the last five years, there have been a lot of ups and downs. We've actually had a pretty steady view on this, based on the scientific data on various molecules in the field, as well as the data that we have on gantanerumab, and our view is largely unchanged. But he did take a more cautious stance on gantanerumab's prospects with analysts, saying, We have lots of reasons to believe and we have reasons to be concerned. And until there is a definitive, unassailable pivotal result or pair of pivotal results, I think we have to handicap all these studies, and that's just how it is when you're pioneering in a new area. Finally, in part four of the Script Asks series, Eleanor Malone's infographic article brings together views from around 100 executives who highlight the hot areas to watch on the R&D front in 2021. 
The biopharm industry has high ambitions to improve therapies for patients across many disease categories, drawing on a wealth of technological advances that have been emerging and maturing in recent years. Even after the mass mobilisation against COVID-19, it's clear from the responses of the executives at Scripps of Aid that the sector has retained significant firepower to deploy across the disease spectrum. There continues to be a very exciting pipeline of innovations, launches coming up and new disease areas that we can tackle and new mechanisms of action to bring more options to diseases that we have, said PwC Principal Greg Rotz. We will see the overall size of the R&D pipeline continue its inexorable expansion in 2021, predicted Ian Lloyd, who's Senior Director at Informa Pharma Intelligence's Sightline Pharma Project's Drug Development Database. People might think that the COVID-19 pandemic knocked pharma R&D off its stride in 2020, but aside from some temporary trial delays, I don't think it's had a hugely significant effect. The overall pipeline size grew by another 5.4% during 2020, although it's true that this was fueled in part by new developments against the novel coronavirus. Emmanuel Hanon, who's SVP of Vaccines R&D at GlaxoSmithKline, pointed out that drug development is being fueled by widespread technical innovation. New technologies will continue to change the industry, increase the pace of discovery, manufacturing and new innovative partnerships to further advance science and technology. We will be able to contribute to meeting one of the most extraordinary challenges of our times and build new capabilities coming out of it, he told Scripps. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. And just a reminder that these and all Informa Pharma Intelligence podcasts are now also available on our Spotify channel, as well as the usual other platforms, including Apple, Google, SoundCloud and TuneIn. Bye for now.